Random Monsters Worth Gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and let's get right down to it. We got a lot to talk about, but we are going to kick things off with Halo, if you couldn't tell by the intro music. Because, like, I've, I said it during the winter update, and I am going to say it again now. Halo is so freaking bad. It is a beautiful thing to see. Like, I don't put much stock in the Steam charts, but uh, the fact that the Steam charts are showing Halo Infinite being back over 10k for the first time in a very long time, now two days in a row, is a, uh, is a pretty good sign. Because if there's 10k players on Steam, that probably means there's another... 50, 60,000 players playing on either Xboxes or the Xbox PC launch. Because, like, duh, why would you... Like, there's a lot of people who play Halo on their Xboxes. I am one of them. Like, I still play Halo on my Xbox. Because, <laughs> uh, can't really... Because my laptop could run it fine, but wouldn't be able to stream. But that's, uh, that's beside the point. Halo is so freaking bad. Like I've said it, I've said it many times over the life cycle of Halo Infinite, but this time I feel like I'm actually being genuine. Or I was, I feel like I was being genuine with with uh, the release of Forge when they released the custom games browser. That was all part of the winter update. The release of season three was pretty good. The release of season four was even better because it added infection. But now season five. And like everything that happened over the course of season four too, with like all the new maps. But now in season five, we we got two new maps already. In about a month, we're gonna get the the Halo 3 uh refueled playlist that they announced at Worlds. It's just a bunch of old Halo 3 maps coming back, including a more faithful remake of the pit. Banished Narrows, which is one of the first really good Forge maps that came out. Uh, I think there's a Guardian remake. Uh, there's a Foundry remake that's all Mountain Duopied that I really like. And it's just like Base Foundry. Like, no one even remembers what Base Foundry act actually looks like because no one... Because uh, if you played... If you ever primarily played Base Foundry as just Base Foundry, please tweet me that you did that because I don't believe there are many people out there who took the first, oh, you could build whatever you want map. Like the, the beginnings of what Forge became and used it for, like that blew my mind the first time I played Forge on Foundry. I was like, you can, you can make anything. And then Sandbox came out. And then Forge World came out in Reach. It's like, oh. And now Infinite's Forge exists. Which uh, is a little too complicated because it's basically just a freaking dev kit. Like, it's it's basically all of 343's dev kit. It, it's, it's almost all of 343's dev kit. 
Because I'm pretty sure the new maps they're making are just being made by the devs in Forge. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think Prism was made in Forge, because there, there's some other stuff going on in the Skybox that I don't think you can do. I don't think you can do with just the Forge tools. I, I think that's full dev kit stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff going on on, on Prism that uh, is not is, is a little bit beyond dev kit. I think maybe maybe Forbidden might be. I could see I could see Forbidden just being made by the devs in Forge. Cause uh I know Empyrean and Solitude were made by the devs. But yeah, this is it's such a good time to be a Halo fan. We had an awesome world championship. Which uh let's let's get into that. Worlds uh can't say it didn't go as expected, but that doesn't, like, there's always the proof, there's always the proof that, uh, I don't want to wear this, there's always proof that predictability doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. And a lot of times I usually say that about wrestling, but, because wrestling is, you know, actually scripted. And this tournament was pretty predictable. Doesn't mean it was bad. Because, like, as soon as you saw the groups, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's obvious who the top three are going to be. Top three is going to be Optics, Space Station, and Face. You don't know what order that's going to be, but it's going to be Optics, Space Station, and Face. And would you look at that? Look at, look at the rest of, uh, look at the rest of top eight. Optic, Phase, Quadrant, Space Station, Sentinels, Native Red. Isn't that what I just said would happen last week? I think I said Cloud9. Let's, let's go back to the rundown from last week, because I thankfully I have it all written down. Uh, um, oh yeah, I can confidently say SSG, Phase, Optic, Quadrant, C9 will be top six. I was one team off. <laughs> I said C9 because they performed uh they performed pretty well and and then they uh and then they you know went went 0 and 3 with a uh, 3 and 9 map count in um in, in but you know what that's fine it's good that was an embarrassing prediction but the fact that I got 5 out of the top 6 right Going going into the event, like on Wednesday, when I recorded last week's episode, on the on Wednesday the eleventh, I said SSG phase optic sentinels quadrant and C nine will be top six. I got five of them right, <laughs> so I am I am pretty happy with that. I'm a little embarrassed that Cloud Nine embarrassed themselves like that, but uh, you take what you can get when you make predictions like that. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy of the fact that it was so freaking close. Anyway, like, top three was obvious, because I'm pretty sure I said Optic, Space Station, and Phase will be top three. I want Space Station to win, but I can't, I can't guarantee it, and, oh boy, they certainly didn't win. 
Like they finished top three. They made a hundred and ten thousand dollars. You know, obviously split between five people after tax, but still, it's pretty good money. And ugh, that that sucked. But like, if you look at the bracket, first round, optic sweep, phase sweep, quadrant went to five against native red. Space Station sweep. Space Station sweeps Quadrant. Optic and Phase go to five. Space Station and Phase go to five. With, like, one of the most heartbreak-inducing reverse sweeps I've ever freaking seen. They absolutely should have won Oddball on Live Fire. It was right there. Like, they, they got destroyed on Recharge Stormlands. No, no doubt about that. They, they, they had Oddball Live Fire. They, they should have won that. And then, like, you're already tilting off the face of the freaking earth after you choke like that. And you have asshole optic fans being asshole optic fans. Just, like, talking shit to Stellar, saying he shouldn't have been MVP. Stellar absolutely should have been MVP. Optic, SSG, and FaZe were so rock, paper, scissors with each other all year long. That any one tournament, you can't judge the quality of the team based on their performance at any one tournament. Think about this. Space Station has never finished lower than third. I'm pretty sure Optic did multiple times this season. Like, Space Station as a roster for two seasons has never finished lower than third place. Optics managed that multiple times. Most of them this year. So, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe don't talk so much shit to, uh, like, you reverse swept. Congratulations. But, like, between, between this Halo season and the past two seasons of Call of Duty, it has made me genuinely realize how much I hate Optic fans. Like, oh my god, I hate Optic fans so freaking much. I didn't think that was actually possible. But oh my god, I hate them. Like, I was getting... You can go back and watch the stream. It is still on my Twitch channel of me just, like, raging at the Optic fans in the crowd. Just, just obscenities. Left, right, and senator, senator, center, over how mad I was at the Optic fans. When they started chanting reverse sweep after map, after winning map three, like, oh my god, Optic fans are so freaking annoying. Like, excuse the rant here, but who died and made Optic fans king of esports? Like, not every community needs to kiss the ground you fucking walk on, Optic. Like, congratulations, you're one of the OG orgs in North America. So's Cloud9. And you know who else is? TSM. You know how much, the, how much respect the community has for them? I don't even need to answer that, because anyone who follows North American esports knows how much respect the community has for TSM. You know, Team Speaks Mandarin tossed six million. The way everyone talks about Reggie. 
you know, just, just just putting that out there. Like, being one of the OG orcs does not entitle you to ass-kissing from every community you're in. And that's why I like Space Station so much, because Space Station's not afraid to talk shit to Optic when they beat them. No one else is. Like, Nadeshot will shoot down any tweet making fun of Optic that comes from 100 Thieves social media. Any tweet. Like, like, they call themselves the Green Wall. When you beat them, of course you're going to do like a wrecking ball, a wrecking ball post. Or like, we are witnessing a breakdown. The, the kind of infamous one that sent the entire team and a fan base into a fucking tailspin. You know, this is the most disrespectful shit I've ever seen. That that copy pasta. Like Optic fans are entitled as Yankees fans. I, I can't believe it's taken me this long to realize it. It's like you are not entitled to special treatment from every game you're in. Like you hosted a, an HCS major this year. It absolutely sucked as far as an event goes. Space Station hosted a smaller event and blew yours out of the frickin' water in terms of, like, fan experience. There was nothing to do with the Optic Major other than watch the games. And, like, Halo events are supposed to be celebrations of Halo. Like, World this past weekend was a clear indicator. Uh, went on a rant there, but... This was an awesome event. Like, got got to show off uh, all the new season five stuff that has now since come out. That like that was some that was some genius timing by three four three. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna have the world championship this weekend. We're gonna hype up season five like you wouldn't believe, and then season five comes out two days after the final. Like everyone gets a day to decompress, and then boom, season five. And season five has been even better than I've imagined. Like, like I previously mentioned, the Steam charts being over 10k two days in a row now for the first time in a very long time. Which means the Xbox player counts are probably even higher. And now with Firefight about to come out with the mid-season update, and I'm more for... And you notice how people are more forgiving of mid-season updates now? Because, like, remember... Because I remember when season two dropped, and everyone was like, "Oh crap, Forge got delayed." Now there's nothing in this in this update. That is not the case with season five. They're like, "Boom, two new maps. They're both really good." Boom, a new mode that's going into ranked play. Boom, a new weapon start in ranked that people like better, myself included. I have to I have to grind a little bit with the banded Evo to get used to single shot as opposed to three round burst, but it it feels better. It. Because I'm not even that good, and it still feels like a better skill expression. Like, if my Silver 5 ass can can notice the improvement in skill expression, imagine what Onyx players are going to do. Hell, what, what Diamond players are going to do. But, uh, yeah, just this weekend was just a celebration of Halo. You had the big three. 
in terms of voice actors there, you had Steve Downs, then Jen Taylor and Keith David uh, doing all kinds of fun, hey, we're the big three voice actors stuff. You know, all the different panels. Uh, that video was... <laughs> I think it was... On... <laughs> oh, excuse me. I think it was on set in Bravo? Where they were giving them direction and just completely ruining some of the most iconic Halo scenes. Just like telling Steve Downs to keep going higher and higher and higher with his voice. And like having Keith David sound happy. Having Jen Taylor slow her voice way down. Like, go watch the video. It's on Halo's YouTube channel. It's very funny. And a couple TikToks of like, of like Jen Taylor touching a chief cosplayer's chest. And Steve Downs just coming around the corner like, what are you doing? Like, I'm right here. Or uh, Steve Downs and Keith David both holding, like, prop weapons and backing into each other. Like, uh, like Chief and the Arbiter did after the Arbiter kills Truth and the Gravemind shows up. If you need a spoiler warning for a 16-year-old game, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, that's uh, it was it was such an awesome event. I said a million times on stream, I would have killed to be out there. And like, shout out to the uh, shout out to the cosplay contest. Like, that was some seriously impressive work, especially the winner. I I got to give this dude like an actual direct shout. Let me let me pull up. Uh, let me get on Twitter and. Uh, get this guy's actual name because he is a uh, that man is an absolute beast there it is uh, Kenneth Doherty man's on Twitter he only has 92 followers because he has never tweeted I don't think this guy, this guy, if you haven't seen this, this man did a full, like, game-accurate George cosplay. This is one of the most accurate Spartan cosplays I've ever seen. Like, he he's, the picture on Twitter from Installation 00, is of him standing in the hallway with all the character statues. If he was just standing still with those other statues, I wouldn't have even given him a second look. I'd be like, oh, cool, that's George. Let me take a picture with the George statue. Thing is, it's not a statue. There's a dude in there. Which is... Which is a... Uh, terrifying thought. And I hope this dude uh, lives within relatively easy driving distance of Seattle because I'm sure flying with all of this was an absolute nightmare. And flying back, flying back on Monday was probably also a nightmare, just, you know, given how sore this man probably was. But, like, obviously he was the winner. And the other... The other contestants in the cosplay contest were also really good. It's just, when you see George step out of the screen and into the real world, 
it's kind of hard to say, oh, this guy doesn't win. It was, like, perfectly game accurate. I showed that picture to multiple different Halo fans, and they said, wait, that's a costume? That's, that's not a statue that 343 just made, had made by a professional? It's like, no, that's, that's a cosplay. So, uh, yeah, shout out to that guy. Shout out to, shout out to the person who made the Halo 3 rat. Like, that, that was glorious. I know it didn't win, but, like, it made the rounds on social media because player, because Halo players love that rat. That really, really blocky rat from, uh, from Halo 3, from, uh, the, uh, Crow's Nest level. Which is also one of the best levels in that game. Crow's Nest is so much fun. Like, just fighting hordes and hordes of brutes in very tight spaces. And the little Easter egg of, uh, of uh, Gus and Jeff from Red vs. Blue. Like, doing just their full-on uh, Griff and uh, Simmons voices at, at the armory and just arguing with each other in the exact same way Griff and Simmons do. Or did, because, you know, Rooster Teeth kind of shat all over themselves in the last long time. But yeah, it's a uh, it was it was a beautiful weekend other than you know SSG losing six maps right in a row against their two biggest rivals of the entire season. Only to watch FaZe go on and do something that this SSG roster has tried and not accomplished so many times. Because that was the big running storyline of last year. They finished second at every major. And they came out of loser's bracket at every major. Like, they would drop down to loser's bracket, get back up to the grand final, and then just run out of gas in the grand final because they've been playing Halo nonstop for like seven hours straight. Even if they did reset the bracket, they would get like stomped on in the in the reset because, you know, they it was their like eighth or ninth consecutive hour of high level Halo play. Ugh. But overall the tournament was really good. Like it was like the the Halloween show match to kick things off on Sunday was was really cool getting to see the uh, the flood cosmetics in action for, for for the first time. The hilarious difference in costume quality between like Oath rocking like the perfect like Oath and uh, Aliak rocking like screen perfect costumes of Wednesday Adams and uh, Commander Keys. Like Aliak actually just looks and sounds like Commander Keys. Like, how is... Clearly, she's obviously noticed this if she dressed as as her for the for the Halloween show match. And then you had Gaskin and Jersey as Thor and Loki, which was incredible. You had whatever the hell Golden Boy was wearing. And of course, the... The PS2's... You had Hidden Xperia playing the second map with a full, like, Tachanka visor on his head and playing just through like tiny little isolates and still getting a triple 
on a map he's played exactly once. Unless he was unless he was playing in the season five demo, which as a Halo news content creator, he probably was. But he he probably played that map maybe three times so far the entire weekend. And he was still getting a triple with, you know, about like three centimeters of his eyes usable. So that was impressive. And then of course you had Ubernick, who again is like six six, dressed as freaking Cortana, and all the casters just joking that like, no, we 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 can only show Ubernick from from the waist up. We do not want to get in trouble, which you know, fair. But that was a uh, that was a, a beautiful Halo show match. Golden Boy is still somehow undefeated on main stage. Because he has never lost a show match. He he keeps beating Walshy in the big team battle bonanza. And Halloween ended in a 1-1 draw. So Golden Boy is still undefeated in show matches. God, that's absolutely insane to say. So technically he is undefeated on main stage. Oh my god, that's a crime. This is a crime against Halo. But like outside of my outside of my raging disappointment heading into the grand the grand final, it was so freaking good. That was such a good grand final. I hate that it was phase and optic. Like you can you can go back to my Twitter. You can see the tweet from Saturday night Sunday night. Just grumpy cat. I hope they both lose. And then Faith, you know, just put on one of the best performances in the history of Halo esports. I was like, damn it, I have to actually give them props for this. Like that Aquarius Slayer in the reset, that was nuts. And as soon as they won that, that's when I knew they were winning the whole thing. Like, as soon as, like, they absolutely dominated Strongholds in the first in the first map of the reset. Then Aquarius Slayer was the most insane Aquarius Slayer in the, like, the most insane Slayer ever, which topped their previous performance back in Charlotte of the other most insane Slayer ever. Then as soon as they won that, it's like, it's over. They're going to win. Then they dominated Live Fire Oddball. It's like, yeah, no chance now. And then they went to Optic's worst map, Recharge King of the Hill. And guess what? Phase dominated. A 4-0 sweep in the Grand Finals reset. They've been playing Halo non-stop for the, the lower bracket final started at 6-30. The final, the, 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 the actual final ended, I mean, let me uh, let me check my uh, let me see let me check my my tweet because from from Sunday night it's the uh, let's try to find there's Monday there it is uh, congratulations yeah eleven thirty eight so uh, if that lower bracket final started at six thirty and 
the grand final ended at 11.40. They had been playing Halo for five straight hours. And in that time, they dropped two maps across three series. They won by a combined score of 11 to 2. So, yeah. No, that's that's around the time. 11.38 p.m. on October 15th, 2023. Congratulations to the 2023 like HCS champions. Phase clan. Yeah, the, the emojis were included in the tweet. You can you can search it on my Twitter feed. It is a hundred percent there. I will not delete it because it was how I felt in the moment. That I hated the fact that FaZe won. I would have hated the fact that Optic won too, because that would have been a that would have been another year of their fans just being absolutely insufferable. But yeah, this was a freaking awesome event. Season 5 is freaking awesome. Uh, if you've been away from Halo for a while and you're a longtime fan, go re-download Infinite. The multiplayer is free. And so are all the armor cores. So you could, with cross-core helmets now, you could probably make a pretty cool-looking Spartan out of even just free stuff. I'm pretty sure EOD is on the free track of the Battle Pass, too, so uh, do with that information what you will. But, like, with cross-core helmets, I can't wait to do, like, a deep dive on my other Spartans and try to make try to make, like, really cool uh, helmets with them. Just to, just to see what happens. But, uh, yeah. That's what I got for Halo. Good God, that was a half an hour, but there's a lot of good Halo stuff to talk about right now. That's what I got for Halo. Up next, we're uh, going to switch gears, talk some college football. It's coming up next on The Mashup. Hey, do you really like The Mashup and want to help support it even more? Of course I do. You're so awesome. Well, do I have good news for you? I now have a Barstool Sports Store affiliate link. Oh, what the heck is that? An affiliate link is a link that takes you directly to the Barstool store, but has some extra coding in it to let them know that I sent you, so I get some of the money from the sale in return. That's so cool! Yes, it is, and it helps me put out better and better content for you. And maybe does enough to get Barstool's attention that they'll give me a job. All you have to do is go to barstool-sports.pxf.io slash the mashup. That's barstoolsports.pxf.io pxf.io slash the mashup and get some merch. Doesn't matter what you get, you'll be supporting me and the mashup. And you get a cool t-shirt, hoodie, flag, or whatever else you want in return. So go to barstoolsports.pxf.io slash the mashup today and help me grow this podcast even more. Alright, let's let's uh dive into college football. Technically week eight has already started, thanks, CUSA. Uh, and I think the Mac is partially responsible for this too. But uh, actually, let's, let's check that. Did the Mac? The Mac did not play weekday games this week or last week. So it's just CUSA playing weekday games right now. 
but uh, yeah, uh, last week, lot of, uh, lot of, lot of cupcake games for like the teams that are, you know, ranked higher than ten. Outside of uh, outside of Oregon and Washington, that was a very good game. And given uh, <laughs> given Caleb Williams' performance later Saturday night, uh, Michael Penix has put himself firmly in the front of the 2023 Heisman race. But all the other good teams, like Georgia won by 17, Florida State won by 38, Ohio State won by 34, Michigan won by 45. And yes, I am salty about Georgia winning by 17 because I had an absolutely stupid parlay that that Georgia ruined. When I bet on that, I was like, if anyone's going to ruin this, it's going to be Ohio State. Like, it's going to be Ohio State because they're on the road against Purdue. It's the Big Ten. You never know. The weather might suck because it's October in Indiana. And and no, they, they won by 34. They, they covered Georgia's line better than Georgia did. Mostly because Georgia didn't. Like their their line was only their line was only 19 and a half. Georgia's was 30 and a half. So uh Ohio State didn't need to, but they covered Georgia's line. So did Florida State. Florida State actually covered Michigan's. Because Michigan's was the highest. Michigan's was 33 and a half. Like, I, I thought either Ohio State or Florida State were going to ruin it. Because the lines were pretty tight, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about these teams. Ohio State's on the road. No, Georgia Georgia was the one who screwed my parlay. It was because Brock Bowers got injured. Uh, the Drake curse strikes again. I don't know why any fan base ever let this man anywhere near their team. And, you know, like, Kentucky giving him a place of honor at at uh, their version of, at their Midnight Madness in 2013, and them not winning a national championship since, and Calipari getting thoroughly beaten at his own game by better coaches. It's not college basketball time yet, but I will take any opportunity to dunk on John Calipari, the used car salesman that he is. Because uh, if you've listened to this show for any period of time, you know I really don't like that guy. Heck, you can you can go back to like average Joe show and the grind before the mashup was even a thing. And no, I am not the biggest fan of John Calipari. But yeah, all the all the top games were absolute blowouts this week. Like, also, why the hell is Penn State playing UMass in the middle of October? Why is Penn State playing a home game against consistently one of the worst teams at the FBS level on, what was last Saturday's date? October 14th? Like, why? I, I know they're playing Ohio State this week, but that is that is some SEC shit. To play a cupcake before you play a real game? Like, no. No. And I, I think they're going to get absolutely chits off by Ohio State. I, I genuinely do. Like, it's a noon game. It's on the road. It's it, it's it's not going to be pretty for the Nittany Lions. Mostly because I don't think they're actually all that good. 
And I think uh, they won and they dropped the spot in the rankings. Like, they were sixth last week. They are now seventh. But, like, they've played no one. They've played West Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern, and UMass. They have given up a combined 15, 22, 35, 48. They have given up a combined 48 points with two shutouts. And uh, over half of over half of those points are uh, between two games. It's actually almost dead even, because it's fifteen, thirteen, thirteen, and then they gave up they gave up a single touchdown to Delaware, which is kind of sad for UMass that uh, Delaware scored more points against Penn State than uh, than they did, and gave up the exact same number. So yeah, I I don't think Penn State is going to do all that well against Ohio State. It's it's Ohio State minus four and a half. Absolutely hammer Ohio State minus four and a half. They're going to win by at least ten, probably more. But my other big, my other like truly big takeaway from this weekend is um, we might have to start having a conversation about Lincoln Riley possibly just being the college football version of Mike McCarthy. Because um, USC hasn't exactly impressed this year. They beat up on the on the bottom feeders of the Pac-12. They barely beat Colorado. Who, uh, the week before, got really crapped on by Oregon who are, again, a good team, but, uh, you know, Oregon shut them out. US, USC most certainly did not. Uh, they barely beat Arizona in a home game. And last time I checked, yeah, Arizona's not all that great. Like, they're above 500. Barely. They needed triple overtime to beat a barely five hundred, an Arizona team that's currently barely five hundred, and then they got obliterated on the road at Notre Dame. So uh, I think it may be time to talk about Lincoln Riley and how he's maybe just college Mike McCarthy. Because look at the quarterbacks he's had. He's had some really good quarterbacks. He's had several of them. He's had a lot of really good quarterbacks over the course of his coaching career. And his team just got absolutely dominated by Dame. They gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter. They were already losing. And then they gave up 17 points. So, yeah, uh, I don't... I don't think Lincoln Riley might be all that good of a coach. Just putting that out there. And uh, if you will, if if you will allow uh, my bias to uh, to show again for just a second here, they need to stop giving me heart attacks. But I freaking love this Liberty team. Like, I know their schedule is pillow soft. 
I'm not denying that. <laughs> CUSA is not that good this year outside of like Liberty, Jack State, and Western Kentucky. And really, well, I mean, Jack State just beat Western Kentucky last night too. So uh, that might actually be the order you have to you have to put them in because uh, Liberty kicked the crap out of Jack State last week. Jack State just beat Western Kentucky. And, uh, and Liberty plays Western Kentucky next week. So I'm concerned for that game because the Hilltoppers are going to be... Hilltoppers are going to be pissed off. But thankfully, the Middle Tennessee game was supposed to be easy. And then the defense just forgot they're supposed to be one of the best defenses in the country for three quarters. And then, you know, in the fourth quarter, they did their thing and shut Middle Tennessee out. They've given up six fourth quarter points all year in seven games. Like, how many how many fourth quarter shutouts do they have? Because uh, let's just let's just let's just go back week by week. Middle Tennessee, they did. I I believe they shut out Jack State too. They did. They uh, they shut out Jack State in the fourth quarter. They shut out Sam Houston State in the fourth quarter. They also shut out themselves in the second half because uh, that was the game the offense forgot they were supposed to be good at football. Uh, FIU, they shut them out in the fourth quarter. They gave up six points at the beginning of the game at, in the first quarter, and that was it. Uh, Buffalo, they gave up six points in the fourth quarter. So all of the fourth quarter points they've given up this year came in one game. Because uh, shut shut Middle Tennessee out and uh, and shut Bowling Green out in all all in the fourth quarter. They, they've given up six fourth quarter points, all of them in one game, a game they still won by twenty eight. So yeah, this defense is really freaking good. And, like, shout out to Brylin Green. Like, dude's also on the baseball team while being one of the best defenders on the football team. It's great. I love it. 50% roster turnover. Basically a brand new coaching staff. And and yet, eight weeks in, they're 7-0. and looking, uh, looking down the barrel of going to and possibly hosting the C the Conference USA Championship game. Which, uh, if, if that happens, I will find a way to get my butt down to Lynchburg for that game. But I, I don't think they're going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. I think, I think some other G5 teams have proven to be better than them. Is you know, Tulane and Air Force are both ranked. So I think I think Liberty is going to miss out on the New Year's Six this year. But next year with the playoff expansion, uh, New Year's Six is, like, if they play like this again next year, New Year's Six is looking incredibly likely. Because even if they're not the highest-ranked G5 champion, they will be the second-highest, and the highest-ranked will go to the playoff. And... The second highest will go to a pretty damn good bowl game. Now, would it like to play USC this year? Yes. But, um, you know, it's probably not going to happen. 
But you know what? If like a, a conference championship first year in the league is uh, is pretty good, that is very much on the table. So I am gonna be happy with that, and uh, and say, uh, go Flames, and uh, play the freaking song. That's what I got for uh, college football. Up next, we're uh, we're sticking with traditional sports. Nerd stuff was only only at the top of the show this week. Uh, we are sticking with traditional sports, and uh, we're gonna talk some major league baseball. My team may be eliminated, but playoffs are still fun. Coming up next, you're on the mashup. Let's talk baseball. We are right smack in the middle of the two league championship series. Uh, both are currently 2-0 with the favorites leading in the National League and the dogs leading in the American League. But um, it's pretty clear the Rangers are really good. Like, I feel better now seeing what they're doing to the Astros. Because a lot of people thought the Orioles would probably lose to the Astros, and if this is what the Rangers are doing to them, maybe not. Maybe, maybe the uh, maybe the Rangers are just that good. Because uh, they they're like touching a road win, consecutive road playoff wins. I think it was of teams that have won the World Series, the nineteen ninety six Yankees. I hate them so much. My God. Because Jeffrey Meyer was... Was Jeffrey Meyer 96 or 98? Let's look back. I hate that it's... uh, It was the 1996. Yeah. It was 1996. I didn't hate the 
and acting like they're 100% my team, I, I do want them to win. Because, you know, you know, just based on where I live and the other teams I follow, I do have a lot of Billy's fan friends. And, like, Billy sports fans have been tortured over the last year. Like, you know, the the Phillies getting eliminated from the playoffs and the Philadelphia and the Union losing MLS Cup losing the MLS Cup final in a shootout within like an hour of each other. And then a couple months later the Eagles losing in the Super Bowl. And then a couple months after that, the Sixers embarrassing themselves against the Boston Celtics at the end of the best season they've had in, like, a decade. You know, just just things that constantly happen. You know, the thing that made me abandon the Sixers as my team because clearly they don't care, so why should I? Like, Philly fans deserve a break. They consistently get called assholes over something that happened in the 60s. Like, just constantly get called assholes and scumbags because of something that happened 60 years ago. Like, it wasn't even... Like, the, the current, like, young adult generation of Philly fans, it wasn't even their parents who did that. It was their grandparents. That's how long it's been. So, yeah, I I want the Phillies to win. Citizens Bank Park looks like it's so much fun for every single game. I hate that there is a highly likely event that the Phillies are not going to clinch the NLCS at home. They're, but at the same time, they're if they do clinch in Arizona, they're going to get to jump in that giant pool that uh, the Diamondbacks have at their ballpark which is honestly one of my favorite ballpark features anywhere. Because I love Camden Yards, but it would be massively improved if it, had, if it had a pool. Actually, it's mostly brick. Getting out of that pool would be miserable. Because you'd be... You'd be walking on brick in wet, bare feet. Never mind. Don't put a pool at Camden Yards. And at the beginning of the season, if at the beginning and the end of the season, it'd be too freaking cold to get in the pool anyway. So scratch that idea. Do not put a pool at Camden Yards. You can put an indoor pool somewhere in the warehouse, but do not put an outdoor pool at Camden Yards. Oh god, that is the that is maybe the worst idea I've ever had. Oh no. Now I'm gonna be thinking about how awful that would be for like the next week. So uh Thanks, Brain, for, for making me think of that. But yeah, I think it's going to be... I think at this point, it's safe to say we're going to get Phillies Astros in the world... Phillies Rangers, not Phillies Astros. Phillies Rangers in the World Series. And in that situation, I absolutely want the Phillies to win, mostly because I will never cheer for another American League team in the World Series ever especially if they're in my division, but even if they're not, I will probably still pull for the National League representative just because, you know, loyalty. And, yeah, I, I don't have loyalty to the American League. I have loyalty to the Orioles. 
and a team and if a team that is their rival makes the World Series, I don't want them to win. So simple as that. Like I do the same thing. I do the same thing in the NFL. Like very rarely do I cheer for the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Because the last couple of years, my options have been the Chiefs and the Bengals. You know, not really the most likable teams, especially when you're a Ravens fan. But yeah, it's pretty clear. Uh, the Rangers are just that good, and the Phillies, the Phillies might have it, which we also said last year. But I think this year it's even more accurate because they, they you know actually beat the Braves. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think? What is your World Series prediction? Let me know on Twitter. Let me know on Discord. Links in uh, the show description as always. But. Uh, that's it for baseball. Up next, we're going to go back to football and talk some NFL and wrap up the show. Coming up next, we're on the mashup. Right, let's, uh, let's go back to football and talk some NFL action. This was a weird week, mostly because uh, the refs sucked ass in every single game. I mean, NFL refs are always terrible, but some weeks there's always one game that stands out as like, these guys need to be fired. That was every game this week. Like, Ravens-Titans, awful. Like, Ravens-Titans was truly atrocious. Uh, Bills-Giants, what the hell was that? Cowboys-Chargers wasn't great. Eagles-Jets, Bears-Niners. Like, all of these games had truly atrocious officiating. Like, some of the worst since the replacement refs. You know, didn't uh, didn't flag anyone for unsportsmanlike conduct for trying to call a timeout, but they came pretty frickin' close. You know, flag someone for unsportsmanlike conduct for trying to uh, call a timeout, prompting in the in the beautiful words of Al Michaels, "That's the loudest manure chant I've ever heard," which uh, is still still beautiful. That. Ten years later, that game, over ten years later, because that game was in September, over ten years later, that game still consistently gets my heart rate pumping. Because the refs were so bad, that game was so stressful, and the ending was so amazing, because it got Bill Belichick to bitch about a game that was over for the better part of a year. But, uh... Yeah, the, the officiating didn't get that bad this weekend, but it got pretty freaking close. Got pretty freaking close. You know, absolute garbage roughing the passer penalty on the Ravens that gets the Titans back into the game. Consistent garbage penalties that got the Titans offense back into the game. And uh, some truly, some truly just genius coaching decisions by Mike Frabel to uh, keep the Titans out of the game. And also let the Ravens cover plus five and a half. Uh, you know, instead of uh, instead of going for the touchdown and the two point conversion, they uh, you know kicked a field goal, botched the onside kick, and uh, and lost by eight. So you know that that's not going to cover. That's not going to cover plus five and a half there, Mike. And everyone knows I fucking hate Mike Vrabel, like. 
it, that's another guy where if you've listened to this show for any extended period of time, you know my opinion on this guy. I really don't like Mike Vrabel. Then Tannehill got injured and he threw Malik Willis out there and just threw him to the threw him to the freaking dog. Like, oh cool, Malik Willis gets to go out there and face the Ravens defense. His first snaps in the NFL were against the Ravens in uh, the preseason last year. And now he's taking on the Ravens defense, which is much better than they were last year, and is playing most of their starters. And um, what do you know? Wasn't pretty. Because that man just has absolutely no offensive line, and he can't hero ball it like he did at Liberty in the NFL. Because uh, he didn't have much of an offensive line at Liberty either. I watched those games. It gave me heart attacks every time because I was constantly worried he was going to get hurt. And then he would do something stupid because, you know, he's good enough to do that to low FBS defenses. Uh, he's not good enough to do that to NFL defenses. Get that man some protection titans or trade him. Because clearly Mike Vrabel is not going to use him to the best of his abilities. But, uh, yeah, every every good team played like hot garbage this week. Like, the Ravens looked bad. The 49ers looked bad. The Chiefs didn't look great. The, the Eagles looked awful against the Jets. The Bills looked terrible against the Giants. Got bailed out by a blatant pass interference in the end zone by the Bills. Going uncalled. Uh, and it was very obvious that uh, if you flip the script and the same thing happened to Stefan Diggs, like there, the the field would have turned yellow because there would have been so many flags on it. And same thing with that hot gar, same thing with that hot garbage roughing the passer on uh, Brian Tannehill. If you flip it around, and uh, someone does that to Lamar Jackson, there's no flags at all, which there shouldn't be because it was a clean hit. But it's still, like, when Lamar when Lamar Jackson actually gets his shit rocked, there's no flag. Like, I, I hate NFL refs. I hate NFL refs with a burning passion because they all suck at their jobs. And it gave the Browns a win. It, uh, it gave the Bills a win. Almost handed the Ravens a loss because the Ravens should have won that by a lot more. But uh, I, I think the refs had... Had Ravens or had Titans plus the points, and uh, Mike Vrabel just decided to be an idiot and kick a field goal instead of going for a touchdown. And a uh, and you wouldn't even need to go for a two point conversion if you got a touchdown. You just need to get the ball back and kick a field goal, and that would get you to that would get you to twenty five. Nah, it'll get you to twenty four. They kicked a field goal, so it's. Touchdown would have gotten them to 20. Kicking a field goal, oh, kicking a field goal would have only gotten to 23. So they would have needed a touchdown with a two-point conversion and a field goal because even though the refs were trying to hand them the game, Mike Vrabel is still an idiot. And he's also an asshole, but that's completely unrelated to his coaching. I just think he's a jerk. But yeah, I hate that the Ravens don't have a bye coming off the London game. I don't get why they do that, because now they're playing the Lions, who are actually good. At least their defense is. Like, the home game, and they're only favored by three against the team that was very bad last year. I think they can win, but still, you know, 
has me worried. As far as this week goes, I think honestly, I think most of the good teams are gonna bounce back. Like I think I think the Ravens will genuinely bounce back. I I definitely think the the Niners and the Eagles will. Because uh, oh god, the Eagles are playing the Dolphins. Maybe not. The Eagles are playing the Dolphins on Sunday night. That's actually going to be like a genuine challenge. Uh, the Niners are playing the Vikings on Monday. They are going to win that, and they're going to win that. So the Niners will bounce back this week. I think. I think the Ravens and Eagles will still have some semblance of struggle, even if they do. But uh, yeah, this NFL season makes no freaking sense. The refs, the refs are the worst they've been in ten years, and. I don't know what the hell is going on, but that's what I got for uh, the NFL and show this week. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And for the PlayStation players out there, I hope you enjoy the Spider-Man launch on Friday. I know I will. But uh, that's it for this week's episode of The Mashup, and I will see you guys next time. Until then, peace.